This is Prairie Room Companion, episode 59, recorded June 29th, 2011. The Director's Cut. Welcome to This Week in Prairie Room Companion. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am Father Andrew Dickinson. And Father, uh, I think summer is finally here in the obligatory weather conversation. Obligatory weather. Yeah, well, tomorrow it'll really be here. So I think we're going to get to maybe 90 or even over 90. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, so I said, somebody mentioned as uh, walking in this morning, um, Donna Cannon, who works in the communications office, summer's finally here. I said, yeah, well, it's supposed to last a week, right? And then it'll be fall, yeah. probably. So so anyway, so summer is upon us. Uh, a lot going on. We're recording here um, at the end of... Uh, at the end of June, uh, today is uh, Wednesday the 29th, the uh, Solemnity, Happy Solemnity, Father. The Thank you very much, and to you, Thank you. yours. Thank you, the Solemnity of um, uh, Saints Peter and Paul. Friday, unusually, is uh, the, the, the Solemnity of the Sacred Heart is falling in July because of the lateness of Lent and Easter, this, of Easter this year. Um, but for all of those, what was Lent's problem this year? It got started so slowly. Don't know. Keep going. That darn lunar calendar thing. What's the moon's problem? That's it's the moon's problem. That's the problem. <laughs> um, for those of you who do, of course, uh, uh, observe uh, a day of penance on Fridays, the solemnity. Remember, solemnity. So I'm, I'm going to most do, solemn. I am going to enjoy enjoy my cup of coffee Friday morning. Let me tell you. So anyway, that, we're not going to talk about any of those things, though, are we, Father? Yeah, not going to talk about coffee. We could, we could have a, we could have a podcast on coffee. Well, are you a coffee drinker? No. Um, In fact, next year for Lent, I'm thinking about drinking coffee each day. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, no. It's never too early to start thinking and praying about what you're going to do in Lent. Amen. Lent is the heart of of the liturgical calendar, as we as we so well know, right? Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I think Easter is the heart of the liturgical calendar. Oh, come on, we pay way way more attention to Ash Wednesday, don't we? Maybe not. I'm being facetious, dear listener. No, I'm not. I am not serious right now. Around companion does not advocate. <laughs> yes, anything you've heard which is contrary to church teaching uh, is completely jocular in nature. Anyway, jocular. jocular. Um, instead, F- Father and I had talked about this briefly last week uh, before we recorded last week's episode um, of Prayer Room Companion. Uh, a couple times, a few times over the last couple of years, Pope Benedict has just has mentioned. Um, uh, not insistently, uh, but just make clear, but at the same time in sort of an offhanded way, that of course, as we all know, the church encourages everybody to have a spiritual director, to to receive spiritual direction. Um, I think, though, of course, most Catholics don't know that that's the case, at least the Catholics that I know of. Uh, Father, what do you, and what's your, how many Catholics do you think at least... The Catholics that you know, do they know that the Church recommends, highly recommends, spiritual direction? Mm, I'd say most don't. Most don't, right. So I thought, you know... And but, and even if they did know that or hear that, most probably don't know what it means. Well, right. Oh, okay. 
great. So what does that mean? So uh, which way do you tell my spirit to go if you're giving yeah. me a direction? <laughs> you see. Well, so you go down here to 8th Street, and then you turn left, and then you get there, and then you're at the cross, church. And cr- cross the tracks. And, right. So so I, I, I just I, I propose to Father that maybe uh, just as, a, as an idea for today that we talk about, okay, what the heck is spiritual direction? If the Holy Father has recommended we all have one, what is it? And one thing, you know, last week, Father, your sort of first reaction, and you've, I know that you, you mentioned you've heard this as well or read this from the Holy Father, your first reaction is, well, we're going to lead a lot, need a lot more spiritual directors if, if that's going to happen. Right. Um, but hopefully if we're doing our job properly, we'll get a lot more, too. Absolutely. So, Father, you're trained uh, as a spiritual director, right? Yes. So I'm a third-degree black belt. Third-degree black belt in spiritual direction. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, no. Hi-ya. Um, yes, I've received training in spiritual direction. So I, you are indeed then an excellent, excellent person. It's fortuitous that we have you on this podcast every week. So you can tell it is. But, but, uh, it's providential. That too. Um, <laughs> so, Father Andrew Dickinson, what exactly is spiritual direction? Spiritual direction is, well, it depends. Well, let's try and go, um, see, that's probably an expert. They <laughs> have too many answers. I mean, let's, let's, uh, let us distinguish. Let's, let's... Spiritual direction is a uh, privileged conversation of faith between uh, two Christians, uh, one who is seeking to grow in faith, the other one who seeks to provide an outside perspective uh, with which to help them know how the Lord is working in their daily life. Help them know how the Lord is working in their daily life. Okay. So if that's the definition, what's the explanation? All right, that's great. So that's the definition. What what the heck does that really mean, though? Great. That's great. Spirit direction really comes down to a couple different phases in a person's life. I think, you know, whether you're at the beginning stages of faith, whether you're at uh, kind of the middle ground, or whether you're kind of really uh, uh, growing uh, from good to better to great things uh, in the life of faith. Uh, so it can take a couple different facets depending on where you are. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Right. So if you're just beginning, uh, and what you might be expecting of spiritual direction in those cases as well, it would be different. But if you're just beginning in faith, what you're probably most worried about or most seeking is really more, not really spiritual direction, but kind of more accountability. Uh, Someone who will challenge you, remind you uh, uh, of the fact that you need to pray every day, that you need to spend deliberate time in prayer, that you need to be devoted to prayer each day in a regular, disciplined way in order to grow in faith. Okay, so now you said if if you're beginning in faith, does that mean if you're... A new Christian, new Catholic, or do you mean if you're beginning spiritual direction, or both? Both. Okay. Okay. You know, I think uh, uh, there's a great uh, phrase that we've used on previous podcasts, but I love it. It comes from Father George uh, William Rutler's biography of St. John Vianney uh, called The Cure de Ars Today. And in there, he quotes a uh, saint from the Eastern Church, St. John Clemus, who says, Man can be damned by himself but he can only be saved with others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Man can be damned by himself, but he can only be saved with others. And so I think this idea that uh, for any of us in our life of faith, 
Whereas I tell my college students here, if you're going to Mass alone and leaving alone, you probably won't be long going to Mass. Okay. Okay. Right? Probably won't be long that you're still going to Mass. Right. Um, so we need someone, and I think in that sense it's helping us. Uh, Christ always created a community, a community of faith. It's not just individual believers. And so, now whether this is technically spiritual direction, like where I was trained, they would not say this is technically spiritual direction, but I think it's something that needs to be there first before their spiritual direction. Why? Well, I mean, c- concretely, practically, why? I mean, it's, all right, you, so you say, if you go to Mass by yourself, leave by yourself, you'll be long going to Mass. Well, but, well I don't know. Wh- so, why? let's say that I want, can we use a natural analogy? Uh, no, please. All right. So, uh, let's say that I want to lose weight. And so I go and I sit at meetings with a nutritionist, dietitian, right? And each week I come in there and the nutritionist, the dietitian talks to me about proper eating habits, portion control, food, making sure you're getting vitamins, minerals naturally, things like that. Uh, but for the other days of the week, I'm eating at McDonald's every day. Right. You know, or I'm, I'm eating with no mind at all towards good eating habits, all that work with the dietitian, all the knowledge that I might gain is really of no use or purpose unless I'm first putting, I have a habit of good practice. Okay. Okay. Right. So we can talk about faith. We can talk about prayer. We can talk about the spiritual life. We can talk about spiritual truths of how the Holy Spirit is active teaching us in our daily life. But unless we're actively taking the time to listen, to sit, to be still with the Lord uh, in some concrete way, consistent way, it doesn't matter. Okay. Okay. And other people help me, so other people can help me to do that on a consistent basis. The accountability thing that you mentioned earlier. Right. Okay. You know, and that's, humanly speaking, that's the most effective way to make any change in your life is with another human being. Right. Alcoholics Anonymous, the success rate of that, personal trainers for weight loss or changing of health habits. Yeah, and you know, I mentioned earlier uh, that I give up coffee on Fridays, and I actually I do that with a colleague here in the office. We both had talked about, you know, well, what do you do for Fridays, and we I hadn't really done anything, so we mm-hmm. we both we both we really like coffee, so we both agreed, hey, why don't we do that? And that accountability, if I I know Father, so I've been, I've only been doing this for a little over a year. I know that if I uh, had sought out last Lent Lent of of 2010 to do this on my own that I would have I would have made it for some time but then stopped but because there were two of us um, who yeah. were that definitely knowing that you know we, we, we do provide accountability to one another absolutely right it, 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 it's amazing the strength that it gives you especially in those moments maybe where you're tempted to oh the kids are up all night and yep. oh I'm just dragging you know it's 10 a.m. or it's 2 p.m. and I just need a cup what do you do? Yep, exactly. Well, and in my do? and in my case, I think of, uh, well, I could, but then Renee would kill me because. She <laughs> so. You and, know. and you and you ever like talk to one another and say, "Hey, I need some encouragement to get through this day," and things right. like that. Yep, yep, yeah. yep, yep. So it's so good. Anyway, anyway. So I think that's the first stage, really, of anything for greater growth in the spiritual life. Okay. And there is a certain workmanship to it. So now, right now, I'm kind of giving you some spiritual advice in this way. 
Uh, St. Teresa of Avila, in her autobiography, which is incredibly beautiful uh, and down-to-earth uh, for a true spiritual giant, but St. Teresa of Avila, a uh, little Carmelite nun uh, from the 16th century in Spain, uh, in there she talks about kind of four stages of the spiritual life. And so what we're talking about now kind of really corresponds to the first stage of the spiritual life. And she talks about it as uh, different ways you can water a garden. She says the first way you can water a garden is if you have a well, you have to go there with the bucket, send down the bucket, pull up the bucket, and then carry it over to where you want to water it, and then repeat. And she says the first stage of growth in the spiritual life is often like this, that you have to do the labor of going to the well, and it can seem very deliberate, very laborious, but our Lord does that because he wants to teach us perseverance right. in life faith. He wants to teach us the virtue of fortitude in that way, to endure in our practice of uh, devotion, prayer, and uh, time with him. Yeah. So, uh, and then kind of that next stage then is, so as we're praying consistently, we're beginning to encounter the Lord, to hear him, especially through scripture, um, which is his, his word, the way that he desires to speak most directly to us. Uh, so as we grow and learn and pray in that way, uh, then that's the point where we start to want to enter into more where real spiritual direction can really start to happen. Does that kind of transition make some sense? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Do you have any experience of anything like that? Well, so yeah. So what I was going to say, <laughs> I asked earlier, You, so is this when you're beginning spiritual direction or when you're a new Christian, new Catholic? Speaking from literally personal experience, um, you may have been, uh, it's possible for somebody to be not just Catholic in some broad sense, but a practicing Catholic, a serious Catholic, um, for years before really starting to, even that first stage that we were just talking about. So that and Perhaps even holding advanced degrees from the church. Exactly. I mean, that was certainly my case, where I, you know, I, I had my reversion in college, and we, we talked about that way back um, last year on the podcast. Um, and I started to pray, with regularity, but then over time there were ups and downs in that, and and never well, only until uh, several years ago. But for many, many, many years, it was just me on my own. And yeah, I'd have spiritual conversations with with uh, with other people, lay people, priests, and so on, um, in the context of confession, not necessarily in the context of confession. Um, but I never. But in terms of that regular sense of of having others. You know, where the family member or a friend or something providing that spiritual account or accountability in the spiritual life uh, that we've been talking about, I, I, I did not seek that. I did not have that, uh, and it had enough because there there was a time where my 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 prayer life was pathetic. Uh, you know, not at all regular, not close to daily, um, and uh, just. Certainly any one of us who seeks to follow Christ, how can you follow him if you're not talking with him? And particularly, how can I effectively lead others to him if I'm not spending time with him myself? Right. So, so yeah, so that's my, yeah. I, I can absolutely verify from personal experience that just that level of accountability, even if it's not, that's not spiritual direction in a formal sense, that level of, of accountability for in one's prayer life is absolutely, absolutely essential. Now, you, you, you talked a little before the show about how um, how that progression went for you, though, and what you were first seeking when you when you first got into that spiritual direction, and maybe you even had some frustrations with 
what you were encountering. Right. So I realized at some point, all right, I need to have spiritual direction in that more formal sense. So, so I, 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 uh, I sought out a spiritual director, um, uh, a priest in this case, and started meeting with him. And we met for two or three times, and then I quit. Not because he was a bad spirit. Well, I, I did. Th- I didn't think he was a bad spiritual director, but okay, this isn't this isn't what I need. I need somebody who's going to say, "What's your problem, Mister?" Get in the, you know, get, getting on my case. We need to be praying more. And da, 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 da. Yeah, I need, I wanted you know marine drill, drill sergeant. sergeant. Yes, exactly. Drill sergeant, spiritual drill sergeant, and that's not what he was providing for me. So I stopped. Yeah. So and now we can. I, I, um, well, let's. I'll put it this way. We can maybe talk about this more later. Uh, a, a year or two passed, and I grew in my understanding of spiritual direction, um, and began again with the same priest. And, I, and, and we've been meeting regularly for um, for a few years now. And certainly, my previous conception was a misconception uh, of the nature of spiritual direction in the formal sense, and not an uncommon one. Okay, so can you talk about that? What do you mean? So I'm not alone in thinking. I think, I mean, and so I, I serve as a spiritual director, and sometimes people come in for the first time. I'll say to them, you know, what I what I am not going to do in direction, and what I'm not going to do is that I am not uh, going to uh, harp on you. I'm not going to be the drill sergeant. I'm not going to be the one saying things in that way. Now, I mean. I can, but then, I mean, in a certain sense, in my mind, it's not really direction at that point. So It's more accountability. It's formation, but it's not direction, maybe. So what, so can you elaborate? What's that distinction then? What is that distinction? Right. So because direction is where uh, the director and the directee together in a prayerful uh, manner listen to what God is telling the directee in prayer. Uh, and then uh, making maybe those nudges or corrections gently, but saying where uh, where the Lord is working, which means then where the directee should be praying, and what sort of topics, areas, movements is the Lord seeming to be moving, and where do we want to remain? Because in prayer we want to be where the Lord is, right? You know, and if the Lord's wants if, if the Lord wants to give you blessing, grace, and goodness in regards to your relationship with your spouse. Uh, and towards your discernment of your vocation, if you're not uh, in a vocation, but you yourself are really maybe want to be focusing on uh, a moral question or a question on uh, the crisis of culture or something like that, you know, that's not where the Lord is. And it's, you're not going to find the fruit in the spiritual life if you're not where he is. So now formation. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You're about to go ahead. You go ahead. Then I'll make my comment after you, what you're about to say. And so maybe the difference between that and what many people come in seeking is that initial of forming, to form good habits in prayer. Right. You know, uh, I need someone who's going to get on me, as you were saying, the drill sergeant, you know, as we talk about that accountability, to form me in that habit of prayer so that I will pray each and every day, even when I'm not required to, made to, held accountable to, but I'm going to build that habit of it myself. Right. So, and that's... It's not that, that that's providing accountability. It's not that that's wrong in any way. It's just that's not what direction is. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Okay. It's not directing. I think forming really is the better word. Yeah, as you said. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so. And certain direction presumes a forming. Right. Right. You can't. 
you can't maybe fruitfully or effectively receive direction or be directed without that without some degree of formation having already happened. And of course, there's always exceptions that you know prove the rule, as they say. But, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So so concretely, how how does that how does that happen? I mean, when you are giving direction. You know, you just talk about what it is. You know, prayerfully together, the director and the directee talk about where is the Lord directing. Da, 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 da. So, for somebody who's never received spiritual direction, what exactly happens? What do you do? So, uh, in direction, I'll uh, you know, you, you small talk, you know, like we do at the beginning of prayer room, companion. Yes, sir. Um, but also just looking to see kind of where they are in life. They happy? They sad? What's going on? What are kind of what are those exterior things? Because those. Uh, normal, ordinary things of our daily life certainly do uh, affect us and affect how we're able to receive uh, our Lord's call to prayer in various ways. Okay. So it's good to know those things. Okay. Okay. The second thing I'll usually do uh, then is we start talking about what's been going on in prayer. Where is the Lord at? You know, what's He been doing in your life? And that's why if you're not praying on a regular basis, that question is going to be. Uh, <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a short direction session, you know. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so, and, and so just getting that conversation. So what's he doing? And I'll usually like through questions, I always want to try and refine the focus back on the Lord. Um, you know, kind of a basic, uh, supposition who basic principle, who's more important in your prayer life, you or God. Right. And so to kind of direct things back to God, if it seems like we're just focused on ourselves, um, and the way that we talk about prayer, I'll kind of direct the direct you back and say, well, okay, well, where is the Lord in this? You know, yeah, that's a great idea, but where is the Lord in this? So how, how can you give an example of how that can happen? How, so how in my prayer, I mean, I'm praying, Father, how, what do you mean? How, I'm not focused on myself. This is prayer. How can we unintentionally end up making it, make it about me? Well, um, I think one, just look at the pronouns. Yeah. So when you talk about prayer time, what are you talking about? Who is the one acting that okay. you're focusing on? Okay. You know, um, am I focusing on the Lord and, and seeing how he's acting, what he's doing? Or is it focused more upon, okay, well, now I'm going to do this action. Now I'm going to pray this rosary. Then I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. And I've got this devotion, that devotion. I'm going to kneel for 15 minutes um, and things like that. What's, where is your attention? Right. Okay. Okay. And, you know, I mean, like uh, some very good students here at the Newman Center this year, and I was a little concerned about the way they were praying their rosary um, because they're praying very deliberately uh, and slow, which in and of itself is not bad. But my concern was that they were focusing so much on how they were praying that they were losing their attention on the mystery of the rosary, which is to be its focus. Okay. Okay. Does okay. that make sense? Yep. And so, go ahead. So I was just going to say, so you were ta- I, I interrupted you. You'd been talking about indirection you know, as you're getting into it, you'll start yep. asking questions. Yep. And so, like, and, and so, like, questions or concerns will come up, and I, I'll usually ask them, well, have you asked God about this? You know, um, that typically uh, their experience of their daily life, the questions that they have in their heart, things like this, um, that those should be the entryways, the entry points for them to get into uh, into their daily prayer. Okay. Uh, and so, uh, um and so I think that's a very good way to kind of phrase, to look at it. Um, through semi-training, we'll talk about, uh, jokingly, the pirate's prayer. 
Oh yes, A R R A R R R. I don't remember. I can't remember. Three R's. Three R's. A R R R. Acknowledge A. Relate R. Receive R. And respond R. Um, just a little mnemonic device, memory device about how to enter into prayer. You know, R. Acknowledge that you receive. Respond. Uh, and so first you have to acknowledge what's actually going on inside you. Am I angry, hungry, tired, lonely, happy, sad, joyful, uh, milk toast? What am I? What's going on? Okay, and then relate that to God. That's kind of the primary step of entering into prayer. And if you look at the Psalms, look at the Psalms. It seems you know, the psalmist is doing this almost all the time. Now, I know the, psalm is a, the Psalms are a book in the Bible, uh, Dr. Bergwald. Thank you. <laughs> So, but if you look at the Psalms, the psalmist is so often relating, but is aware of what's going on in their hearts. And I think, you know, it's this is one of the false truths, if you will, or the incomplete truths of our modern society. Our modern society are very much about acknowledging what's going on inside us. Right. But we never relate it to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, and then we never look to wait for his, to, to receive his response. You know, to wait on the Lord, to receive his response, to sit at his feet, to read his scripture with an open, hungry heart, saying, okay, Lord, what is your response to what I'm living in my life? Okay. Okay. Right? Uh, And so to receive what God has to say back to what was related to him. And then that usually calls from us a response. So that response might be the fourth R. That response might be gratitude. That response might be um, some resolution or change in our life. The response might be, uh, and that might cause us to relate something back to him again. You know, especially if he asks us to change something. Right. You know, you, know, well, you need to change this part of your life. Well, I don't want to change that part of my life. Pray that to him. Right. You know, pray that honest, open response. Okay. And so that's, I mean, in, in kind of a nutshell, uh, a lot of the ways that we do spiritual action, that we focus on things, and we try to bring the attention back to our Lord. Okay. So, and then through that, the directee then knows where to keep praying. Where is the Lord active and present uh, through the daily life, through scripture, and then I can be attentive to him in that way, directed to him, orientated towards him. Okay. So, it's, so any, anything else that you want to say about the what in terms of, of concretely what spiritual direction is? I think that's a good uh, podcast summary. How long generally does a direction session last for you, in d- directee and director? About the same? Uh, around you know, forty-five to sixty minutes. And how often is it recommended that you meet with your director? Uh, around once a month. Okay. Okay. And maybe uh, more frequently starting out, or if something maybe uh, special is going on, but. Okay. So. Not asking you to read the mind of the Holy Father, but as somebody who receives direction but also has been trained and gives it, why do you think he's been um, saying, you know, uh, more frequently, I think, uh, and, and publicly, that uh, reminding us that it's 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 very recommended to receive direction. I think certainly anybody can see the the uh, the importance of accountability in prayer, but but. As as we've just been talking about, as you've been explaining, direction is more than just accountability. Any, what, what, maybe not so much. What, why do you think the Holy Father is saying this? But what value do you see, and why would you um, ditto his recommendation 
Right. I think because I think this might be part of his heart um, and part of his desire in this, but to teach us to enter into that. It's really through direction this way that we can enter into that deep uh, abiding type of prayer uh, and a life of faith that really becomes then fuel for the flame, fuel that will burn um, with uh, with an intensity, with a um, continuation, with completeness, as opposed to so often we have maybe those sparks of conversion, those flashes of God's presence in our lives, but they fade away. Yeah. Um, or maybe the Holy Spirit brings those promptings to our hearts, whatever they might be. Um, but then we need that fuel, that intense fuel that will burn even in the dry times. Right. I think I... I completely agree with that, um, and not, and we did not talk about that before. And I, so I love your answer because, to me, the major theme of, or what, at least one of, if not the major theme of, of the Holy Father's Pontificate, uh, is is the centrality of Jesus Christ and coming to know Jesus Christ, um, mm. and and living our relationship with Him, living our faith in our everyday lives, and and to me, just again. Not just from theory and understanding, but from my own experience, direction is crucial and essential. Uh, apart from accountability, direction is crucial for that to happen, as you were saying. Right. Yeah. Right. Because, and the other thing we need too is because if it's to really contemplate Jesus, uh, we need to have, especially uh, someone who's studied the church, studied scriptures who then can say whether or not we're really following Jesus or if we're just following maybe our own image, incomplete image or ideal of Jesus. Okay. St. Teresa of Avila would say she would rather have an intelligent spiritual director than a holy spiritual director. Say that again? St. Teresa of Avila says she would rather have an intelligent than a holy spiritual director. Okay, why? How does that... Why? I, I, I don't... Because she wants to make sure that who she's really following is the Lord. But Someone who's studied, who knows the church's teaching. But wouldn't the holy... Okay. Okay, who knows the church's teaching? All right. Okay. Yep. All right, that makes sense. Um, so the, there are a couple things. I, well, we could talk about many other things, but I think just to as we bring this to a close, uh, a, a very practical question, where do you find a spiritual director, a good spiritual director? I think you can find a lot of people who could be directors, but how do you find a good spiritual director? Okay. Well, I think first thing is find uh, find someone who's praying. Okay. Right. Um, I think it's preferable to find someone who's maybe been trained in spiritual direction. That's always a good help. But I think um, your parish priest, if they're living life of prayer, it seems like they're teaching and acting with the church. That's another great sign as well. Because, I mean, you are going to be opening up various intimate parts of your life to them. So you want to make sure there's someone who can conduct you with the wisdom of the ages and the wisdom of the church. Okay. Now, uh, how do I know if they're praying? <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm just thinking about I mean, I can't take a poll, so how do I find Right. Well, I think, one, I think you can see um, if it seems like they really know Jesus Christ. Okay. You know, I think if there's an attractive holiness to them, um, you know, so, if they're not willing to... Uh, if they're, if they're willing to sacrifice anything for the sake of growing in grace with Jesus Christ, so it, it, it's it's an intuitive thing. I mean, you can't. It's not really quantifiable. Just a, maybe a sense, of bit, yeah. or maybe somebody's you know somebody else you know. Boy, it seems like I go to church and Father's there or so and so is praying a lot and just little cues, clues, things okay. like that. Right. Okay. Or maybe they talk about their prayer life. Okay, there you go. 
But they talk about the fact that they're in direction. Okay. Right. Um, so that'd be a good thing. Uh, the other thing I think to be a little wary of those who maybe put out a shingle. Be wary of that. Yeah. I mean, okay. it's it, uh, attractive unto itself. Okay. It doesn't necessarily need to put out a sign. Okay. You know, I think um, right now, as far as priests go, I think any priest connected with, um, there's some good movements in Ignatian direction, which are nice. Uh, priests have been formed through the Institute of Priestly Formation uh, out of Iowa. Uh, Institute for Priestly Formation, IPF, is a good group. Iowa? Uh, are they in Iowa? Probably Creighton, uh, Creighton, Omaha. Omaha, okay. 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 Omaha. Okay. That's close to Iowa. Hey, yep. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I think things like that would be a good little sign. Um, yeah, but and also, you know, I think will you see fruit from them? You know, are they the type of directors that are having men or women enter religious life, men entering the seminary? Okay. Uh, are holy marriages coming forth from part of their direction as well? Okay. And so. Okay. Okay. Anything else, Father? Just we wrap up then. Anything else that you uh, think would be worth sharing that we haven't talked about? Be patient with yourself. Don't be patient with sin. There's something to chew on. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Father. And, and, and sometimes, you know, some podcasts are sort of weak, uh, equal weight. Sometimes one of us might carry a little heavier load. So thank you for, for sharing. And sincerely, thank you for um just talking, carrying the weight here in this podcast. Just, I, I, I think it's valuable to have your experience as somebody who's gone through the formation, giving that expert uh, op- opinion. And I don't say that flesh, um, facetiously. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to be uh, working with you in this way. Very good. All right. So that's it for this week in Prairie Room Companion. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thanks and God bless. God bless.